Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30, Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Sometimes these things just come together as we're rolling along here. Again, our thoughts with uh, Frank Saravalli dealing with a family emergency. So we'll get him on Thursday this week for our friends at the horses, Horse Racing Alberta. Again, the last day of thoroughbred racing for this season is Friday, September 1st. More info at thehorses.com. 780-496-0063 is the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You can get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Okay, this is what we call an audible in the sports world. <laughs> we, we flex the calls into the last half hour, and into this half hour we flex... A guy that actually has deep roots here in Alberta, as do his five brothers. And, um, man, he's been involved in some legendary tillies. Yes. This, we talk about Pete Vandermeer bailing us out here on this August 29th. Pete, appreciate you taking some time. How you doing today? No problem. Great to be on here. Thanks for giving me a shout here. I needed a break. It's too damn hot to be outside. <laughs> Are you working is. A, Cam says you're working a golf tournament today. Is that correct? Yeah. No, I'm I'm putting one on here in a couple of weeks. Actually, okay. So, but I'm always working it and got all kinds of other stuff on the go. But yeah, we're putting together uh, a charity tournament at Alberta Springs there, just outside of Red Deer, for mental health awareness and support for for a few different really good charities that are close to my heart. And running around trying to get that organized. Other than uh, running four kids around and working two jobs and trying to keep a hot young wife busy, it's, uh, it's a full time <laughs> job. That is a full-time job, Pete. But you are more than capable of pulling it off. Uh, I I was telling Brendan earlier that uh, your story, your hockey journey, is I I think it's legendary, and I also think it's uh, incredibly commendable uh, to come out of the WHL, play minor pro, get to that pinnacle, get a couple of games in the NHL with the Phoenix Coyotes 07-08, but that journey along the way, Pete, 
through different leagues, through different cities, uh, seeing all sorts of, I can only imagine, uh, stuff that would have been right out of the movie Slapshot, except it was absolutely real. Uh, when you look back at it and and making that uh, that that your way through minor pro, like you must have some incredible memories of good times. Well, how much time do you got? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> call for about eight hours and just barely scratch the surface. We, uh, you know, at the start of COVID there and everybody was short to content and everybody, well, everybody's getting these podcasts out. I did, geez, I bet you 10, 12 of them. And it was really neat to kind of do those and relive a whole bunch of memories because guys would bring up different stuff I hadn't thought about for 10, 12 years. But it was, yeah. It was a journey, right? Starting Red Deer, you know, not supposed to make that team, and then somehow wander through all kinds of leagues that don't even exist anymore, teams that don't exist anymore, but played in pretty much every league that there was and every town there was across North America and just had an absolute blast doing it at uh, one of the toughest times of, of of what hockey was at that time. Anyways, through the through the 90s and, and the early 2000s, it was, it was freaking nuts. Slapshot was nothing. And, and we look at the, the some of the teams that you've played for. So, the, like teams like the Columbus Chill, the Richmond Renegades, like uh, Trenton Titans. These teams that are, are defunct now, as as you say. And and yet, I, I look at your time just as an example with the BC Iceman. Three hundred and ninety penalty penalty minutes in a season. Uh, you had four hundred fifty seven the next year. So you were basically sort of living in slap shot in a sense. It would seem. Oh, you should see the stuff that went on off the ice. That was the real flat shot part of it. But that, like in BC, people always said like, "Oh, you, you played BC, you played played close to home." I'm like, no, that's Broome County, you dummies. That's Binghamton, New York. <laughs> and and yeah, I wasn't even trying to fight there. I was trying to score goals and get back to the American League. I got sent down on one of those. Uh, you're just going to the to the U-Haul just for the weekend, and you'll be right back up specials that wound up playing 60 games there or something like that. <laughs> one of those kind of deals, like, oh, I'm the next guy up. Yeah, right. Jeez, that was a long year. A lot of tough guys in the old U-Haul fighting Sergio Bears 20 times a year there. He was in Utica. And Dave the Hammer Schultz was coaching him, trying to get at me with his cowboy boots on the ice half the time in that horrible rink in Binghamton and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, we could go on forever talking about stuff like that. Now, I was telling uh, Brendan off air that uh, when you were playing in Philadelphia with the Phantoms, the American League team, uh, your brother Jim, who, who played for the Oilers, was on that team as well. And I had said that you were part of this legendary brawl. And when I explained that that Neil Little got involved, who was your goaltender, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly the one you're talking about. <laughs> Everybody knows that one. I want to hear your version of the story. Well... Jeez, that was something else. And talk about a cast of characters on both teams there. Uh, we were playing uh, Binghamton, uh, Sen- Senator's Farm team. They had them in Binghamton. But we were playing in in, uh, in Philly in the Spectrum, which was an amazing place to play, especially with our team, a bunch of hooligans. And uh, I got, somebody got hurt because at that time I was playing on a line with P.J. Stock and Craig Berube. And so we were having a little bit of fun with that line. But I got called up <laughs> to play on the first line. Uh, halfway through that game with uh, Mike Peluso, the skilled Mike Peluso, not his cousin, the big tough guy, uh, and Peter White. And these guys are 100-point guys in the American League. Like, oh, I'm going to get a chance to score some goals, and it's going to be fun. Get out there first shift. Uh, Ray Emery is playing net for Binghamton. Uh, for some reason, Mike Peluso figures it's a good idea to go spear Ray Emery. Uh, Ray grabs Mike Peluso and starts feeding him his lunch. 
Uh, oh, I better go rescue him. So I jump on Ray's back and start pounding him in the back of the head. Uh, Brian McGratton jumps on my back and starts pounding the heck out of my entire body with his sledgehammer hands. And then my brother Jimmy jumps on his back and starts beating the crap out of him. So all that's going on. Neil Little comes flying down from the other end of the rink, and he's going to tackle the whole pile, which is about 10 deep already. And he misjudged the landing there, and he went to jump and tackle Andy Headland or somebody like that. Totally missed him. Went flying through the air, crashed into the boards, and that's the one you see on TSN every couple of years when they run out of content, too. That was something else. That was absolutely nuts. And to continue that, that was just the beginning of it. There was three more line brawls after that, too. Uh, one of which, as soon as they dropped the puck the next shift, once they got us, kind of got us all carted off the ice because the lines were so scrambled they couldn't. They'd get us near the penalty box, but they wouldn't put us in the penalty box. <laughs> so we just wander back out. And I think I, I fought McGratton again during that line brawl, and maybe Sheldon Brookbank was out there too. So there's all kinds of tough guys. But anyways, we finally get us carted off. The fans are going crazy. They drop the puck. We dump it in. PJ Stock runs their spare tender. And all hell breaks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to say, as you list the line of yourself, Craig Barubi, and PJ Stock, there, there wouldn't have been a safer place for you to be, but it seems like they've been instigating a lot of what went on. Oh, it was it was fun. And, and Chief, that was his last year playing. Uh, he was a 40-year-old man that just loved beating up kids. It was so much fun to have him as a teammate. And, you know, he taught all of us so much stuff, not just about the fighting side of it, but just being a pro and helped all those kids out so much. But at the very end of that whole shenanigan, the last line brawl, John Stevens was our coach. Um, great coach, just won another cup with uh, with Vegas as assistant coach. But anyways, he kept Ch- Chief on the bench till the end. And so at the end, Chief got to mop up the ice. I think he had three kids in headlocks and just beating the crap out of all of them. Stand it all off. Uh, we had one guy on the bench. They had two guys, no goalies. Uh, you know, ten minutes left in the games, and the refs are like, you hooligans, just get out of here. Total thought <laughs> Like, game's over. Go home. Get out of here, you idiot. <laughs> and that's the best money that any of those spectators spent, I'm sure, in, in their time watching that stuff. Pete Vandermeer on the line sharing stories right now and, and just fantastic stories. It's fun to talk about it, but to hear about it from somebody who was lived you know, it yeah. lived, with guys getting pulled off of their back, uh, a totally different element. Pete, you're not uh, stature-wise, you're certainly not a super heavyweight by any means, but I'll bet having five brothers you're growing up with certainly uh, prepared you for a, a season where worth of 457 penalty minutes oh yeah fighting was easy like we grew up here at caroline like i'm sitting here at, at my family's place right now at the at the sawmill so we grew up packing boards and fighting and working all the time and our only way to get a get out of work sawmill was uh, to play sports right so we signed up for everything we could do we we're in the band played hockey played ball everything and and at the end of the night we'd always wind up you know playing we had big rooms in our mom and dad's house there where we just played hockey till all hours of the night and Every night somebody was bleeding, somebody's crying, somebody got a stick ran through their eye or up their butt or whatever, right? So uh, that was just natural growing up like that, whether it was at, at home we were beating the crap out of each other, and I, I was the oldest, so I had to fend off the little coyotes they'd attack and pack. So got <laughs> good at being quick and rangy and getting on to the next one. We beat the crap out of each other at home all the time, but whenever we went anywhere else, if you touched one of us, you touched us all. So it was uh, it was pretty fun to grow up that way. You know, we're just we're a team of hooligans just... <laughs> wandering central Alberta from town to town. 
I remember asking your younger brother, Ted, about uh, his, during his time in Red Deer, about his motivation in the playoffs. And his motivation was the longer you played in the playoffs, the less you had to work at the sawmill. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Yes. Didn't matter if we were playing, you know, our first, all of us, our first few years of pro rate league, we weren't making a bunch of money. We always had to come home and, and get a job. Or if we were playing in minor hockey still, the longer you went, then everybody else had to pick up your slack at home, right? So pretty good motivator. Like same as, same as all our, our good friends, the Sutters, right? Like whoever got done first had to be the first one back on the tractor or working. So everybody says we all work so hard, but we're really the laziest guys in town because we didn't want to go to work for real. Hockey was easy, working and sweating and having people chant your name and going having a beer afterwards. That's, that's pretty easy, no matter if you're making five bucks or five million. Two games for Phoenix in 07-08. Does that mean that you were there when Wayne Gretzky was behind the bench? I was. Wayne Gretzky was my head coach. Grant Fuhr, um, Alf Samuelson, and Rick Tockett were the assistants there. And that was something else. Get patted on the back every once in a while, told by Wayne Gretzky you did a good job. Like, whew. Pretty, uh, pretty freaking amazing. What was that like, Pete, when you got the word uh, that you were going up to the National Hockey League? I've told that story a few, well, a bunch of times, but I told her on Spit and Chicklets, the boys had me on there. But we were on the road. Uh, San Antonio was the farm team, and we were out in Hamilton where I'd played before. And uh, uh, Ray Edwards was our assistant coach, and uh, Greg Ireland, our head coach, he called me in after morning skate and said, uh, Pete, you're not playing tonight. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I used to play here. No way. I am playing. I said, no, we got great news for you. I'm like, what? You trading me to Hamilton? That's garbage said no 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 you're uh, you're getting called up you're going to phoenix you're flying in to play nashville here in a few days i'm like no i don't believe you go get the fact sheet let me see the call up on paper otherwise i'm beating the crap out of both of you right here because that is not even close to funny <laughs> they, they ran and got the paperwork see here look look you're you're actually getting called up i'm like oh my god it was uh it was something else because that's uh i was 32 years old not really a spring chicken and uh, to finally get that call after years and years of, you know, having a great time and, and playing hockey for a living, you, you, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're you're striving your whole life to get to a goal and it's finally finally within reach or, you know, you thought it was in reach a bunch of other times and it's finally there, it's, there aren't any words to describe it. It was absolutely, absolutely amazing. And yeah, I get to go play for Wayne in the desert. What the hell's wrong with that? <laughs> well, yeah. I just I wonder. We see we see him as an analyst now, and everybody knows what he was as a player. What was your experience with him as a coach? Because that tenure for him, obviously, it just wasn't really for him. No, I don't. And Wayne did, and well, still does have so many different and other uh, business things that he has going on that demand a lot of his attention. Let alone being being Wayne, right? Which he, I can't imagine being that person after hockey all the all the demands on his time so he, he wasn't there all the time but when he was it was just it was amazing because it's Wayne Gretzky that's who I grew up watching and idolizing as a kid and you know playing on the rink at home or out all the time like oh I'm Wayne Gretzky or I'm Mark Messier playing for the Oilers right and overtime scoring the game winner and um, he was so down to earth and so knowledgeable about not just the game of course but like he, he knew my story he knew my brothers knew you know he, you could talk to him like a person while you're sitting there in awe staring at him with your jaw wide open he's actually talking to you like a like a human and then over time just be able to to talk to him and you call him wayne not mr gretzky how are you doing it's like no you call me wayne like come on 
He's, he's just so approachable and, and so amazing to be around and so giving with his time to, to schlubbies like me. It was, it was more than uh, amazing. Awesome stuff, Pete. This has been a lot of fun. This uh, is awesome. Anything else, Cam, that you want to well, highlight, yeah. bring to the surface here? Well, certainly uh, yeah, a shout-out to your, your uh, golf tournament coming up on September 14th. Once again, give us the, uh, the details on that. Yeah, well, we named it uh, Pete Vandermeer Bench Clearing Brawl and or Pete Vandermeer and Friends Bench Clearing Brawl and Charity Golf Tournament. So that kind of starts it off. Yeah, and uh, I got a bunch of buddies, uh, you know, minor league guys that I played with and my brothers played with and against and all that that are kind of settled in around Central Alberta that are they're going to be there. We've got some some great donations uh, for auction items and, and guys coming in and and raising some money and we're putting it towards uh, the Ty Pozzlebaum Foundation. Uh, Ty was. Uh, was a champion bull rider in, in Canada here and competed in the NFR and uh, you know had a lot of concussions and, and wound up taking his own life at the end of it having some some uh, substance abuse stuff and, and they wound up uh, at the end he had CTE and uh, the families uh, and friends have put together this foundation uh, helping out the, the pro rodeo guys get the help that they need uh, you know physically and mentally um, doing stuff for that also uh, the PHPA which the, I was a, a member and board member of for years and years on the executive committee of the Professional Hockey Players Association that looks after the guys in the American League and the coast and over the last year we've lost uh, nine guys to similar kind of stuff a eh? substance abuse uh, concussion problems um, that sort of stuff guys not having uh, not having a spot to land after they're done playing that you know hadn't made the millions of dollars or have the good family support so um, they started a, a program there to help guys that are having having trouble transitioning back into normal life and uh, our other charity is mustard seed which does uh, a lot of amazing things in in central alberta you know uh, feeding guys that are and kids in school and you know looking after some addiction and and mental health problems too so that's where we're putting the money towards and gives us a great excuse to get together and have fun and and tell stories like this kind of deal but uh try to do a little bit of good with our our little mini back burner celebrity status that we have around here (laughs) alberta springs then at the springs right I love Springs, Gary and Al and Justin and, and Jackson, all the boys at the Springs, they took take care of us really good. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Pete, this was a, a blast. Thank you for coming on on short notice and bailing us out. Uh, it was a treat to talk to you today. No problem. Can I mention one other thing? Go Maybe ahead, two other please. things while I got you sure. guys? We got some time. Cool. Uh, my wife, she's doing a staffing. She's got a staffing agency, Elite Tees, looks after all golf tournaments, having great-looking uh, promotional models, all that kind of stuff, help you out with anything like that. And if you you think I'm dumb and just saying my wife's cute because she's my wife, take a look at pictures of her. She's amazing. <laughs> and uh, and I got and I got I got tied up with these guys uh, with Move Auto. They're offering uh, discounts for companies uh, and their employees for fuel health benefits all that kind of stuff saving some some folks on on stuff they got to pay for anyways which is just an amazing amazing company that uh the andrew bursey guy out of grand prairie started up it asked me to help represent them here in central alberta and and they're big supporters of charity up there in grand prairie and and here in central alberta too and it's, it's been a lot of fun working with these guys and and getting the word out on that so throwing a few uh shameless plugs out there for our stuff we got going on but i really appreciate you guys having me on and and let me uh recharge the old memory banks once in a while it's fun to think about those good old days (laughs) we appreciate your time thanks a lot pete enjoy the rest of the summer
Awesome. Thanks, guys. All Thank right. you. Talk to you soon. That's Pete Vanderveer out of Caroline, Alberta. Lots of stories there from the minor pros. My goodness. It's awesome. That, that YouTube brawl, <laughs> Neil Little flying over the top, that is sensational. I cannot believe he was a part of that. Yeah, Neil Little from Medicine Hat, Alberta, uh, played in the SJ, and then he went to, I think he went to RPI in college before he, he played for the Philadelphia Phantoms forever, mm-hmm. uh, and then he got into scouting. I don't know if he's still scouting, but at one point he was. Anyway, him skating down the ice like that is, uh, it's legendary, and of course, yeah, Pete and Jim Vandermeer right in the middle of it because that's exactly where they would be. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Cars cost less in their neck of the woods-ish on the way there anyway in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, known for their top shelf service department, does not forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. Call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. 780-352-6048 your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Brendan and Cam back on Oilers now after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. I was excited. You know, it's something that... Uh, um over the last few months I've been thinking about and once I started kind of feeling better and training and skating has been going good so um, when it came time to kind of figure out where I was going I wanted to wanted to see what uh, what Edmonton had to say and it worked out good so um, there was kind of interest on, on both sides immediately and I was uh, it was kind of the perfect setup so I'm pretty excited about it. That's Brandon Sutter from a little over an hour ago here on Oilers Now. That's your direct workwear audio vaults. Direct workwear, they're excited to announce their women's only workwear store is open now. Located four doors north of their direct workwear location on Gateway Boulevard. Find out more at womensworkwear.ca. We have a text from Logan, 780-496-0063. What does Pete's wife do? He gave us a pretty hard sell on his wife there. That was hilarious. <laughs> he did. That, was, that was awesome. Sean says, looking at Pete's Pims right now. Holy <laughs> crap. He'd yeah. be in prison with those numbers <laughs> in today's NHL. Great interview, guys. Again, from Sean. Uh, yeah. Like, when I say 300, there was, I don't know, 10 seasons worth of 300-plus penalty minutes. He, he, yeah, he, he could chuck them. And he was only listed at six foot 209. That's what I was saying. He's not yeah. a, a super heavyweight by any means. Just a guy you don't want to see when the streetlights go out in Caroline, baby. <laughs> yeah. Jim Vandermeer was the biggest, like, of the six boys as far as just pure stature. But, you know, Pete Vandermeer, hey, he was... 
Like, he took on all comers. <laughs> he did. Seems like he should have been on the Danbury Trashers. Yeah. I see a connection there. Oh, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 129 in Edmonton. We'll step out. Christina Drapeau has your global news headlines. We'll come back. And uh, who do we have coming back? Brent Cron. We're going to have more hilarity and stories, as if that wasn't enough in the last half hour. Brandon and Cam keeping you company today.